Part Eight of Washington and the Riddle of Peace by H. G. Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. China in the Background, Washington, November 16. The Chinese propaganda in America and Western Europe seems on the whole to be conducted more efficiently than the Japanese and the chinese student it seems to me gets into closer touch with the educated american and european because his is a democratic and not an aristocratic habit of mind he has an intensely western sense of public opinion the masses of china may be destitute ignorant and disordered but in their mental habits they are modern and not medieval in the same sense that the japanese are medieval and not modern the Chinese seem to get on with their Western social equivalents better than any of the Asiatic people, and increasing multitudes of Chinese are learning English today. It is the second language in China. Now, if Japan is the figure in the limelight at Washington today, China is the giant in the background and scene of the present Pacific drama. We have had so much in the papers lately about these two countries, we have been treated to such a feast of particulars about them, that most of us have long since forgotten very thoroughly the broad facts of the case, and it will be refreshing to recall them here and now. Let us remind ourselves that China is a country with a population amounting at the lowest estimate to between twice and three times the population of the United States or of France and England put together. This population has the longest unbroken tradition of peaceful industry in the world. It is essentially civilized. It respects learning and civility profoundly. A common literature and ancient traditions keep its people one. In the past, China has been divided again and again, always to reunite. But it has become old-fashioned, dangerously old-fashioned, perhaps by reason of its very stability. It has lagged behind most of the world in the development of its transport and economic possibilities. In mineral deposits and other natural resources, and in the industrial capability of its sturdy and intelligent population, it has more undeveloped wealth than any other single people in the world. It is only in the last century or so that China has lagged behind. Only a few centuries ago China was as civilized as Europe and politically more stable. In a century or so she may be again the most civilized and intelligent power in the world, flourishing in fellowship and perfect understanding with the great states of America and Europe. She may be, if she is not torn to pieces, and kept in a state of enfeeblement and disorder by the hostile action of external powers. But at present China is in a state of political impotence. Her Manchu imperialism has proved itself to be hopelessly inefficient, and China is now struggling to reconstruct upon modern republican lines, obviously suggested by the American example. A few decades ago, Japan astonished the world by Europeanizing herself upon Prussian lines. China now, under far less favorable conditions, and with a vaster country and a less disciplined people, is struggling to Americanize herself. But it is no easy task to make over a people at one stride from a medieval autocracy to a modern democracy. It is far easier to Prussianize than to Americanize, 
for in the one case you have only to train an official class and in the other you must educate a whole people china is torn by dissensions the south jars with the north she has two or more governments each claiming to be the chinese government and whole provinces have fallen under the sway of military adventurers it is a distressing spectacle but it was probably an inevitable phase in the development of new china before we fall prey to anti-chinese propaganda it is well to recall how long it has always taken to build up the necessary understandings and habits of association upon which a new political system rests france for example was a land of revolutions and political instability for nearly a century after the great revolution america wrangled feebly and dangerously for several years after the war of independence before she established her federal government she only cemented her union after a colossal struggle she was not really and securely won until a century had elapsed during these long decades of probation foreign observers preached endlessly about the fickleness of the french and the political inefficiency of the americans and foretold the certainty of a break-up of the united states just as today they sneer at young china and foretell the political disintegration of the chinese and we have to bear in mind that the forces of reorganization and renewal in china struggle against peculiar difficulties and interferences quite outside the happier experiences of france and america in particular they struggle against an intolerable and paralyzing amount of foreign interference the brilliant series of adventures and accidents by which a london trading company added the empire of great mogul as a picturesque but incongruously big jewel to the british crown set an extraordinarily bad precedent in asiatic affairs it obsessed european political thought with the impossible dream of carving up all asia into similar domains the mogul's empire was itself an empire of conquest in a land saturated by ideas of caste and this gave all these european adventurers the attitude of high caste men benevolently consuming inferior races in that spirit europe with japan coming in presently as a hopeful student of european methods had been trying to cook carve up and fight for the portions of china for nearly a century treating these wonderful people as an inferior race the very worst that can be said about japan with regard to china is that she has been too vigorously european consider how it would have been with the united states in the years of discord that led up to the civil war if these difficulties had been complicated by three such embarrassments as these first that most foreigners except now the germans and austrians are outside the reach of the native courts that their disputes with chinese go before special foreign courts that they are specially favored in regard to property and shipping secondly that the chinese government is restricted from raising revenue by any tariff above a flat rate of five per cent and that they are also strictly restricted to two and a half per cent in the interior dues upon foreign but not chinese trade so that they are in fact unable to raise enough revenue to maintain an efficient government and thirdly that nearly all the chinese railways and as every american knows transport is the very life of modern state are in the grip of this foreign country or that these are the open and manifest inconveniences of the situation 
but behind these more open aspects there is a vast tangle of intervention between chinamen and chinese affairs schemes for further exploitation financial entanglements vast concession plans and projects for spheres of influence for this aggressive foreign nation or that and this foreign influence is not the influence of one foreign power pursuing a single and consistent policy but a number of competing powers all pursuing different ends and pulling things this way and that how could any country reconstruct itself while it was entangled in such a net of interference no people on earth could do such a thing the plain fact is that if china is to reconstruct herself that net has to be cut away it is not enough to warn japan out of china or to say open door for china the open door is good for the ventilation of that great apartment but what is also needed is a clearing out of the encumbrance inside these encumbrances are not primarily japanese the five great powers sit at a green table in the form of a horseshoe in the conference and the four lesser powers are at a straight table like the armature of a horseshoe magnet at the left-hand corner next to the japanese are the three chinese representatives i gather they will be allowed to say shantung at the conference in moderation but not tibet or tonkin nor the east china or indeed any railway i doubt if either mr balfour or mr briand will nerve himself to say these forbidden words but an irresponsible journalist may write them if there is to be real end to war and disarmament there has to be release of china to free chinese control and that means a self-denying ordinance from all the great powers it will be an easy one for america and italy to accept but it will be a difficult sacrifice indeed for those two hoary leaders in the break-up of china great britain and france neither country has a bad heart but long ago in the east they acquired some very bad habits this is a time when bad habits lead very quickly to disaster the real test of the quality of the conference will appear when some issue arises which involves an assertion or denial of the principle of unhand and keep your hands off china if the chinese are worth while the conference has to establish that principle it cannot be gracefully advanced by america because america has so little to relinquish it can be established at the initiative of either britain or france it seems plain to me that official america is waiting for some move in this direction from either or both of these powers if that principle of a free china is established at the washington conference the way will have been opened in the not very remote future to a healthy and vigorous united states of china a great modern pacific and progressive power and when i write china i mean what any sensible man means when he writes china i mean all those parts of asia in which the chinese people and the chinese culture prevail i include at least south manchuria which is as surely chinese as texas is american and which can no more be given to any other power without the consent of china than my overcoat can be given by one passer-by to another the plain alternative to a released and renascent china is the cutting up of china among the aggressive powers to the tune of that popular american air the open door 
the demoralization and disintegration of the chinese international elbowing competition quarrels among the powers who have shared china and at last the next great war which it will be just as easy for america to keep out of as the great war of 1914-1918 end of part 8